How y'all doing? All right. I am Mark Van Harmelin. I am one of the leaders in the room. And I simply want to start off by saying, I believed in God. And I spoke. I believed in God. And I spoke. I want you to hear that one more time. I believed in God. And I spoke. This is what God made me and designed me to do. He put his word in my heart. He put his word in my mind. I have no choice but to speak about it. This is why I'm here today. This is why, you know what, I'm going to tell you 25 years ago what my dream would have been for Sunday morning, and that would be wake up, have a nice breakfast, turn on Sports Center, and chill out in a recliner. That's the before Jesus mark. But I believed in God, and I spoke, and I am here. Listen to what... The rest of the verse says in 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 16, we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give I will not stop speaking until God takes my voice away or he brings me home. I believe in God and I will speak. And I will speak until I'm hoarse. I will speak until I have nothing left because that is what God created me to do. And if you read the verse, he didn't create this gift in me for me. It says, this is for your benefit. God did this work in me, not just for me. Yes, he wanted me home. He wanted me in a right relationship with him. But he has given me this gift, not for me, but he has given me this gift for you. And he has given me this gift so that you will come to believe that you will grow closer in relationship with him and that you will desire a right relationship with him as well. And you know what's going to happen when you get into that right relationship with him? You will speak. Some of you are speaking. And, you know, one of the things that I was going to end this message with is I need you. I need you not to sit here and leave and do nothing. But I need you to speak. I need you to speak using the voice that God gave you. And he may not be calling you to come up front in a group and speak. He might be calling you to some other form of ministry. But I need you to speak using the voice that God gave you. Because some days I am in need. And I'm a little bit older now, and I'm going to tell you why I need you. 
And I'm going to tell you why it brings me such joy to come here on Wednesdays and on Sundays and on days in between. Because when I see this worship team up here, it gives me joy. Do you know why it gives me joy? Every single one of these people is younger than me, and it gives me joy that someday when I pass on, there are going to be people left here to praise Jesus and to bring the next generation. And I am not afraid to shed one tear if that tear is to bring one of you closer to God. How many men can do that? I need you. You bring me peace. You bring me joy. Because I know that I cannot do it all on my own. Pastor Daniel knows he cannot do it all on his own. Pastor Dwayne knows he cannot do it all on his own. We need the believers in Jesus to rise up and stand up and come forth and speak. Because it gives us joy. And I can pass that baton to that next generation. And I can use the gifts that God gave me to serve as God calls me to serve. Paul says to Timothy, don't be afraid of your youth. But serve. Use the gift that God gave you in your youth. Let me tell you a little bit about how God shaped me for this day. My birth parents, 16 and 19. A lot of you have heard this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of rattle through this. My birth parents are 16 and 19. I was given up for adoption at birth. I was adopted by parents who loved me, who were believers. I was adopted into a Christian home. But even in that Christian home, there was brokenness. And that brokenness led my father to, uh, to leave and my parents were divorced. My parents were both remarried. Both of my step-parents were abusive in different ways. Save. Okay, I'm not tripping. All right. Um, and, and yet, I went through this struggle. I was isolated. My, my mom, as she, you know, sought to kind of go and, and kind of just be fulfilled herself, you know, she'd go out on dates with some people, and they were nice people, but it left me kind of alone. And it left me, you know, just to sit there and think, you know, what is there to do for me? What is my life about? I'm just sitting here on my own. I have what's called this thing ADHD, if you haven't figured it out by the style that I preach. All right, it was undiagnosed until my son was diagnosed at five years old, so I was about 30, 35 when I got diagnosed. And so all of a sudden I wondered, and I looked back on my life, and I looked at all of the academic struggles that I had in middle school and high school, all the times I was, you know, called hyperactive, all of this negativity, okay? And I was influenced because of this to turn to alcohol, to turn to women as my two idols to replace this worship that I was supposed to give for God. And I went way in a place that I hope never any of you have to go. 
And you might say, well, that doesn't really show us how you were shaped for us right here. How does that help with our situation? Because I was going nowhere quickly. And this is where I love it. Romans 5.8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us when we were still sinners. God saw me in my brokenness and said, that's not what I intended. And I want to show you what he did for me. The first thing that he did is he provided me with Christian grandparents. My dad's dad was a pastor. My mom's dad was an elder in the church. Okay, they loved on us as Jesus loves on others. And even though all of this brokenness was going on in my life, my grandparents were rocks. They loved even when I felt the most unlovable. My parents, even though they were divorced and what um, you know, and kind of were their relationship, they weren't showing me the, the best marriage relationship. My parents still brought me to church every Sunday so that I could have a biblical foundation, so that I could hear the word of God from the pastor, so that I could go to the Sunday school classes to learn and get that biblical foundation. So even though you know a lot of other influences were pulling me over here, I was still getting some some spiritual food. He gave me Christian aunts. He gave me Christian uncles. He gave me people that built into my life. A teacher, uh, Mr. Van Sickle, I'll never forget him. He's the first teacher that actually showed me that I had value in an academic setting. He's like, you're good at this. You could really go far in this. And I was like, that's the first time I ever heard a teacher say anything instead of, you know, sit down, be quiet, you're too, you know, hyperactive, stop, you know, put you in a corner and just whatever. He put Pastor Bruce into my life. Now, my church that I grew up with was right here. My house was here. Church was here. Middle school was right here. I literally had to walk through the church parking lot to get to school. And without waiver, my junior high school years, some of the hardest of my life, as I would be walking home, Pastor Bruce would be looking out his window And he would run and he would tap on the window sometimes because it didn't open. And he'd run down the stairs and he would see me and he would see some of my friends. And he'd say, come on inside. And he always had this case of pop. And it was all about building relationships and building community. And he was planting seeds in my life that they didn't take, you know, I wasn't sprouting then but I would in the future. Daniel, never underestimate what you are doing. Even if these kids do not come back and each one tell you how much they appreciate you, never lose sight of the seeds you are planting for the kingdom for every one of these students. Because my youth pastor, oh my goodness. The Sourmans, friends of my mom, gave me my first Bible in my 20s. So then God gave me his word. 
and he gave me his Holy Spirit to talk to me. And then he sent me Andrew. And Andrew never gave up on me. Andrew was an athlete over in a, in a sports team that I was an athletic trainer for in college. And Andrew invited me to a group that would be like Access, but it was a lot smaller and it met in a house. And every week, he would ask me without judgment because I wouldn't go. And then he would ask me again without judgment and I wouldn't go. And he would ask me again without judgment. And, he, and, and it was just like, he's just asking. That was his gift, invitation. How many of you think that you could invite one of your friends here? Because that's what Andrew did. Andrew didn't have to, you know, know all of the scripture, and he didn't have to have all these different things. He had a heart and a passion for people, and God set me in his sights, and without judgment, week after week after week, Andrew asked me to come. And it was because of all of those people using the voice that God gave them to build into me that God said, I'm not going to let you go. And in my deepest, darkest moment as a human, I heard the voice God say, are you done running? And I believed in God. And I spoke. It wasn't it wasn't just, you know, I don't know. I have no choice but to speak. But it's because God never let me go. And he used the gifts in other people to speak life and to speak love into me. And oh my goodness, do I want to empower you. I want you freed of every barrier that would hold you back. Because I remember when I was your age. And I remember if someone challenged me to go out and, and, and make these invitations or to use these gifts, I might be thinking, well, you know, high up on this list of my needs is this social acceptance and the sense of belonging and all these things and, and what might happen at my school or what might happen in my neighborhood or what might happen at my job or what might happen somewhere else if I take a stand for Christ and I use his voice and I single myself out for Jesus. And I can tell you that Satan will try to stop you by sending so many voices into your head to prevent any one person from coming back to God. And I'm going to tell you this as well. He will try to convince you that everything that you have ever done that was wrong is the reason why you have no right to go and speak in the name of Jesus. You can't do that. Look at what you've done. God can't use you. Really? That's kind of interesting. Joseph, in Genesis 
50, 20. Says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for, or I'm sorry, intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. I believe that verse isn't just speaking to a group of brothers and talking about food. I think God was declaring something huge there. That what the devil intends for the bad to bring you down, God will use for good so that by you speaking about God bringing you from the depths of the earth and raising you up through his son Jesus Christ, that you too can save many people. Never let the deep, dark dungeons, the worst places in your life stay there because then Satan gets the victory. Allow Jesus to work in your life and speak with the voice that he gave you. You never know how many people you are going to bring out of that dungeon with you. David, I'm going to need a tissue box for next service. <laughs> this is what it's all about. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And I want to share something with you about that because it was a revelation to me even this morning. God does not cause all things. I think some people might mistake in that verse and say, I have this deep, dark trouble, but the verse said God causes all things. No, 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 no. It says in the verse, God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. It's just like saying in, in the Genesis 50, 20, God is going to take the negative situation that Satan is trying to dump on your life and he is going to cause it to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus so that you will rise up and you will bring others with you. So Satan doesn't get the glory. God does. Satan's up there in heaven right now pleading for all of you to say, let me do this negative to them. Let me do this negative to them. Let me do this negative to them. Let me take them down. Let me do this. Let me do that. And God's saying, do your worst. Because everything that's in your mind, Satan, I will turn around and bring it all to my good. It will not be used for your good. You will not receive the glory. I will. And he did that through the blood of Jesus. So how did God shape me for here and for my job as a teacher? When I'm in a classroom full of students who come from broken homes and broken lives, I can relate to that. When they struggle to get their work done, I can relate to that. When they have a learning disability, I can relate to that. When you come here broken, I can relate to that. When you need someone to share your struggles, I can relate to that. When you need someone to walk with you through something really hard in your life, I can relate to that. 
When you think that you have gone so far and so deep and done so much that there's no way that Christ could still love you or want you, not only can I relate to that, but I will combat Satan's little finger and says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is nothing that you can do that will separate you from the love of God. And he desires to bring everything into his glory. So if God sent his son Jesus to that cross and lifted him up three days later to clean up all of my junk, he can do it for you. And he can do it for your friends. And he can do it for your mom who might be lost. And he can do it for your dad who might be lost. And he can do it for your aunt who might be lost. And he can do it for your, for your uncle or for your grandparents or for your neighbors. The people that he has put into your life. He can do it for every single one of them. He can take your mess and change it into a miracle. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe. And I will speak. I read this verse this morning. My wife laughed at me because I think she probably thinks it's, it's my life verse. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. If you think you are doing something that's nuts... If you're doing something that's out of your comfort zone, I don't know if I can do that. If it seems crazy and you do it, it's going to be for the glory of God. But it even says, and if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, if we do something crazy or if we do something in our right mind, Christ's love controls us. Get crazy for Jesus. If you need to be in your right mind because that's who you're you know, talking to, then be in your right mind. Don't you hate it when you hit the top of the thing and it just goes all the way back to the beginning? Let me read some more of this scripture because this is awesome. And it just hopefully disempowers you. Okay, once again, 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. I'm going to continue. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that everyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God, this is the key verse here, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, and God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. 
There is nothing that you can do that God doesn't want to and will not turn into his glory. God is making his appeal through you. God gave me a family. God gave me a neighborhood. God gave me a job. God gave me a ministry. All so that every single time my voice speaks that he might reconcile anyone to him. But I can't go with you, and Pastor Daniel can't go with you. There aren't enough pastors to go with you to do everything for you. So you need to come here to hear the word of God so that you can go out and reach the people who God has put in your circle of influence. Who is your family? Who are your neighbors? Who are the people you're going to school with? Who are the people that you are working with? Because I'm going to tell you something. Some of the stuff that you are doing right now is impacting you for your future because there's not someone in your life right now, but there will be, and you're going through something right now that they need to know that, man, I don't know if I can make it out of this mud. And you can say, I know you can because God did this for me. Let me tell you how much God loves you. Let me tell you what Jesus did for you because I was down and he lifted me up and you're sharing me with me right now that you're down. You don't know if you have hope. You don't know what you're gonna do in the future. Well, let me tell you, God has a plan for you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to bring you home. Share that message. You believe, rise up and speak. I'm going to ask you a question. How are you being shaped to serve? I told you my story. I told you about what God used in my life. I want to ask you some questions. Those of you who are ready to get out here and serve. I'm going to read some things from 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and Romans 12. And I want you to think of which one might speak to you. Do you like administrating? Do you like putting everything in order? Do you like organizing? Do you like thinking about starting new churches? And by that... Are you the kid at your school who says, we need a Bible study and I'm going to start a Bible study at lunchtime or before school or after school because we need more Jesus here? Can you tell what is right and what is wrong? Can you tell between a good spirit and a not good spirit? Do you have a gift of discernment? When you see someone down and out, is there something inside of you that says, I'm going to walk over to that person and encourage them or send something to them on social media to say, hey, you got this? Do you have a heart to bring others to Jesus? Are you an evangelist? Are you a person that has good faith, that when everything around you is kind of going, you know, to all kinds of craziness and everyone around you is like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, are you the calm in the storm that says, you know what, yes, there's some stuff around, but you know what, God's got control of this? Are you a giver? 
Do you give of your time? Do you give of the money that you make when you're babysitting or when you have your job? Are you, do you have the gift of healing? If someone is injured, do you have a desire to lay your hands on them and pray over them to receive the healing that is still available through Christ? Do you have the gift of hospitality? You know, you're inviting people over to your house. You're inviting people to church. You're just an inviting person. How about leadership? Do you have the gift to lead others? Good desire? Um, you know, when, when there's no one else in that group, you know, here's your assignment and here's, here's the group that you have to work with. Are you the one that says, okay, let's go? There's a job to do. Let's go do it. Do you have the gift of mercy? I married that one. <laughs> she says, I don't have that much. So I said, good, I married well. All right, do you have the gift of performing miracles, the gift of pastoring others, the gift of preaching or prophesying, the gift of serving others, the gift of teaching, the gift of tongues, the gift of wisdom? And maybe you say, I would wish I would like to have some of those, or I think I might um, you know, be a little bit leading to there. Okay, but I'm going to tell you something. Every believer in Christ is given by the Holy Spirit Gifts to use to serve the body of Christ to do one of two things. Either to bring people to Christ for the first time or to develop Christ-likeness in others. And by doing so, becoming more like Christ yourself. Because Christ didn't come to be the king to sit on the golden throne to have everyone come and to serve him. He went out to the people and he served and served and served and served. And when his disciples kind of got a little cocky and said, hey, can I sit at your right hand and can I sit at your left hand uh, when you come into your kingdom? Because if you're on your throne, it'd be really cool to sit next to you and have everyone come up to us. And he's like, oh, really? You want to be the greatest in the kingdom? Well, um, get ready to get dirty. Because if you want to sit at my right or my left, that's not for me to decide. God's going to decide that. But if you want to be like me, then your hands and your feet are going to be real dirty. Because the greatest is going to be the hardest working servant. The one that sees someone else in need and says, I'm in. I want to ask you this as well. And Trevor, you can put that last slide up. Okay, Um, what is your heart passionate about? What do you love to do? Well, Mark, I, I love playing video games. Well, can you invite your friends over to play video games? And then just by default, go to your computer and print off a bunch of awesome Bible verses and like tape them on the wall right around your television set. Ah, gotcha. Video games, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. You don't have to have this huge everything. Where's your heart? Do you have a heart to play an instrument? Do you have a heart to sing? Do you have a heart to, to put pool balls back and just serve in the, in, in the background? Do you have a heart to, you know, are you the kind of person that when you come to church and you see something on the ground, you're just like, you know what, this is God's house. I gotta pick that up and put it away. Uh, you know what, there's a seat here and someone needs a seat. Am I gonna get up and give them my seat or get them another seat? Where is it? Where is your heart? 
Because God can use how many things? You're still sleeping. How, how many things can God use? All of them. He has given you a heart and a passion for something. I could not do the job that my wife does. There is no way that I could go in and work with the children that she works with. But God gave her a heart that is passionate about the children that she works with. And that was a work in progress. I mean, when she was in college, she didn't say, this is what I'm going to do. But things happen in her life, and she's like, someone needs to stand up for these children. And someone needs to let the Holy Spirit work through them to bring only the healing that he can through her. What abilities do you have? What skills do you have? Okay, what are those things? Are you good with your hands? Are you, are you a woodworker? Are you, you know, awesome in the, in the kitchen? Are you, um, you know, you name it. What are those skills that you have been given? So I've been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. I've been given a heart, a passion area. And God has given you all skills and abilities. Some of those skills and abilities are boom, natural. It's just like, I didn't know I could do that. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 and you're doing something awesome. Other times, God gives you a heart to play something like the guitar. I really want to play the guitar, but how do I do this? And so sometimes it's not, I have this boom, you know, just drop down from heaven. You are now an awesome guitar player, wham. Okay, it's like, I have this passion and I have a heart for it, but now I need to go take some lessons. And after a while of taking the lessons, now I have a skill. I have these abilities. What abilities do you have? Okay, what is your personality type? How many of you would think that I am an extroverted person from what you know of me so far? How many of you say, that guy is an extrovert? How many of you say, nope, that guy is way introverted? The second is true. By the end of today, I am going to be drained. If I don't spend my personal quiet time with God when I wake up in the morning, my wife will tell you this, I am a bear. I am not worthy of being up here at all. When it becomes all about me, it is not a good place to be. But when I spend that time alone, trust me, when the day is done, I'm going to go down into my office or into my room or find a couch. I'm going to need about a half an hour to an hour just to recharge my batteries. But I know that about myself. And I mean, there, there's sometimes, you know, I'm going to publicly give you permission. <laughs> my wife's eyes just got, you know, there's sometimes where I am still, I'm operating in the group where I really should go recharge your batteries. If I need to recharge my batteries, will you please tell me? <laughs> An okay would do. <laughs> All right. And then the, second, the last thing are your experiences. What has God brought you through? What can God use in you to share with the world that God can bring you through it? That is how we're shaped. We have lots of options here. Matter of fact, um, I asked Kendra um, the other day to put some ministry stuff in the back. 
if you're not serving at the church and you want to be serving at the church, then we have volunteer forms in the back. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to serve here because maybe that's not the passion that God gave you. Maybe, maybe it's working in the nursery with the little kids. All right? I told that to my wife a lot. You know, she's just like, let's have another kid. Go work in the nursery. <laughs> you need a baby fix, go hold someone else's baby. They won't come home with us. <laughs> or if we're going to babysit someone else's kids, they're going to go home with them. You need a baby fix? Excellent. We're now in a small group with Daniel and Amanda. Sit close, sit close to Amanda. <laughs> Get some baby time. All right, get that idea out of your head. But hey, maybe it's not with a nursery. Maybe it's res kids. Maybe it's the zone. Maybe it's the 180. Maybe it is serving here on the ground floor, serving your peers. Maybe it's being, you know, and if you're in here, are you a welcoming person? Do you say, yeah, I want to be on the welcome team? Or maybe I'm a behind-the-scenes person. I want to be part of the crew. Or maybe I see myself being able to come up here and speak a tithe offering, an announcements, or whatever it might be. Or maybe I see myself... Um, you know, on the prayer team, serving and in, in just lifting up others' concerns for them. Or maybe I see myself in the band. Or maybe I see myself singing. What is it that God put in your heart to do? Maybe it's not even serving in this building. Maybe there's a nursing home by your house. Maybe there's some neighborhood kids that just need a friend. There's a kid that he's always the person or she's always the person that's sitting by themselves on the bus and no one's asking them to play after school. Maybe you ask them to come and play uh, just a simple game in your yard or get a game of your neighbor kids to play a game of kickball or you got, you know, some cool thing in your yard, whether it be a a tetherball, a volleyball court, uh, whatever it is, and you can say, hey, come in. Let me accept you if no one else will accept you. What is it that you have in your life that God will reuse to bring other people to him? You don't need to wait until you're graduated from high school. You don't need a college degree. You don't need to wait until you're 25, 35, 45. God has put people in your life right now. And you don't know. I can't tell you of how many stories, it just, I mean, a, a heartbreaking story that Pastor Matt shared with us a couple weeks ago about a family friend and, his, and, and how, how the wife died in a car accident. You don't know if that person in your life right now is one ride in the car away from eternity. So what can you do in your life? Who has God put on your hearts? Because I know it's happened. Who has God put in your heart to say something to, to invite? Speak. I've been up here enough to, to know that a lot of you in this room have already accepted Christ. My challenge to you, those of you who believe, stand up. Use your voice. Speak. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, first of all, for sending people in our lives to speak to us, to bring us back to you. 
And we thank you in the name of Jesus for each and every person who have made an investment in my life, in our lives, and each and every person that you have used to bring us back to yourself and to draw us closer to you. And Father, some people here may have not made that choice. But if you've spoken to them today, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hands. If you heard from God today and said, you know what? It's time for me to believe. It's time for me to accept that voice. One, two, three. Father God, we just pray that the Holy Spirit will come here today, that the Holy Spirit will go with us, and that you will empower us to use the voice that you have put inside of us to bring people to you, that they will be made right with you, that you will be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you. Amen.